Welcome back to DQB Does, the Drafty Quarters Podcast Network Movie Review Show, where shit gets fucked up and we completely recut our show. And the second version is way better, but nobody watched it because they ain't got time. With me this evening is my co-host, Russell. Thank you for joining our four-hour podcast, which we will release after you listen to the hour-long cut. In six and a half parts. Six and a half parts on Patreon. Just kidding, we're not doing that. Nope. But thanks for listening. We also have Dave. I can't wait for the Dave cut where it's 12 minutes long. It's just like the ratings and the quote. <laughs> Not even that. It's just like, <laughs> welcome oh. to the show. Bye. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we're nearing the end of our uh, March badness that is going to go into June. I um, remember March. It's yeah. not even near March anymore. Yeah, no. This is the last week of May. Uh, this week we're going over Zack Snyder's Justice League 2021 version, rated R, R. Four minutes, four hours, and two minutes. Four hours. I just want to say that again. Four hours and two minutes. Um, if you would prefer, you can watch it as a mini series. Which, if you're not like, you know. As stupidly nerdy as we are, you probably don't have the attention span or want to sit there and watch a four-hour comic book movie in one sitting. So that's fine. It's divided up for for you. Um, you. I like that it's actually four hours. Yeah, and it's not because when you say four hours, people are like, Ooh, like three hours and twenty three minutes. No, like I mean, it's actually four, four hours, hours long. and two minutes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's six legit like chunky parts. Yeah, it 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 is like a mini series or a um like a an event comic book, right? Because it's kind of how it's set up. I watched it in sections because I had stuff to do. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not judging anybody. I'm just saying, like, you know, if 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 you want to watch this and you don't have time to just sit there and watch a four hour movie, or like, you know, we're getting older, you just can't fucking sit there that long and not do anything. We like fucking took three piss breaks. I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a four fucking hour movie. But um how many hours is it? Four fucking hours. God damn. And we're not complaining. No. I just wanna 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 be clear about this. Yeah. We're not complaining about it being four hours. No. So the, the original came out in twenty seventeen. Um some stuff happened. Uh Zack Snyder was originally doing the whole thing. Um his daughter got sick and passed away. Right? She she got sick, right? It was sudden, but it wasn't like just like a yeah. It wasn't like like an accident. It was yeah. illness. Okay. I believe so. I believe so. Okay. Um. But she she passed away, and he had to deal with like the loss of a kid, um, as well as like just dealing with you know what happens when somebody dies. Uh, yeah. while he was in post production, so they brought in um Joss Whedon. And he basically completely changed the movie. They did a bunch of reshoots. Um, 
this was also after um, the initial reaction to Batman versus Superman, which was basically the the theatrical cut because again not a lot of people watched the ultimate edition which yeah. is a by far superior movie yes it's actually um, a movie yeah like it makes sense most of the stuff that was cut out or that was cut out should not have been cut out and a lot of stuff that should have been cut out still wasn't cut out that's why it's not an amazing movie but it's far superior than what was released in the theaters and again we have the same thing here um the original sorry go ahead go ahead so i really wish i would have uh realized there was an ultimate edition of that movie yeah i mean if you get a chance sometime go back and watch it and i might have to because it's garbage it is the original cut of that movie i mean it just doesn't even make sense yeah you know um and i i don't know about this one like this one is so wholly different like that i don't even know if you can really compare them (laughs) Yeah, they're two different movies. Yeah. It's just like two different movies with vaguely the same plot, which is not even really the same. Yeah. Because let, let's let's talk uh, let me let me do the plot of this one. Basically, the plot of this one is Batman and Diana are trying to get together the superheroes that are left after Superman dies in Batman versus Superman. They know something is going to happen. They don't know when or what. Uh, Steppenwolf shows up because one of the mother boxes, there's three on Earth, awakens. He wants to get it. In this one, he wants to impress Darkseid um, because he fucked up previously and he owes him. And he's basically been like excommunicated, exiled. Yeah. Um. So he finds this planet that has mother boxes. One of them awakened and like signaled to him. That's why he's here. Um, he gets one. He talks to Desaad, which who wasn't even in. None of these other people were <laughs> in in the original one. Uh, he talks to Desaad, which if you know anything about uh, Dark Side, Desaad is like his like right hand man kind of um like advisor guy like the creepy dude in a robe that talks into the bad guy's ear you know that guy um but uh so he talks to the sod and decides like just fucking do it and you owe dark side a lot more than you're capable of giving him so shut the fuck up and do your job so he gets the second one he finds out that the anti-life equation is in like engraved into the surface of the earth uh huh. Which is a big fucking deal if you know anything about DC Comics. Again, if you know anything about uh, Dark Side, like that's basically his Infinity Gauntlet, right? Yep. He's like trying to find the anti life equation because then he can just be like, fuck you, I own the universe. <laughs> yeah. um, which is bad. Which is bad. To own that. Dark Side is a bad motherfucker. You yeah. do not want him to own the universe. Um, so. So Desaad's like, oh shit, hold on. I'll put him on. <laughs> hold on, let me get him. Hold on, let me get him. So then Darkseid's like, hey, do your job or I'll fucking come kill you. And if you don't, if you do your job, I'm going to come and I'll give you a old attaboy. And that's all Steppenwolf wants. <laughs> yep. So he's trying to get that third one, create the unity, destroy Earth, basically. 
bring dark side dark side gets the anti-life equation he rules the universe the superheroes are trying to stop that and shenanigans ensue they revive superman by the conservation of mass and energy principle of physics <laughs> i love that so much it's so fucking hilarious they're like yeah like a mother box it doesn't create or destroy it just like rearranges what do you mean when you burn down a house it turns into smoke but the particles are still there so you're saying a match can turn a house into smoke but the mother box can turn smoke into a house yeah and from that analogy they're like Y'all think we could bring back Superman? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there. Yep. <laughs> Flash is like, I know we're all saying, or we're, we're all, all thinking, thinking it, it, but yeah. who's gonna say it? <laughs> so they bring back Superman, and Superman's been asleep for a while, so he's real grumpy and doesn't know where he is. Yeah, he's like, ah, I'm sleepy. Yeah, so his girlfriend, now fiance. But he never asked. She just put the ring on. Whatever. His girlfriend shows up and is like, hey, hun, you need to chill the fuck out. And he's like, oh, yeah, you smell pretty and flies away with her. <laughs> Makes sense to me. Uh, and they have a conversation and then his mom comes and she's like, oh, my God, you're alive. And I wanted there to be like a you didn't come find me. You didn't, like, tell your mom that you're okay? You didn't call? <laughs> but there wasn't. And then... My assumption was that, like, he or Lois, like, called her and was like, I'm hey, assuming, come to the farm. Yeah, but I'm assu- I wish there would have been I mean, something. he could have, like, went and got her. Yeah. It would have been faster than her driving from the diner to the farm. Yeah. But whatever. Anyway, so they have a nice little reunion, and then he's like, hey... I gotta, like, go help save the world, I think. They brought me back. And I don't know what's going on. Because nobody knows anything. Nobody knows anything is happening except for, like, the superheroes and the Amazons and the Atlanteans. Yeah. Um, so then they fight uh, the Parademons and um, the uh, Steppenwolf and stuff, and then Batman's there. Batman. Everybody's there except Superman. Superman goes talks to Alfred, and Alfred's like super scared of him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which Jeremy Irons, I love you. Thank you. Um, you should. We should like cameo him and have him like do an intro for the show or something sometime. Ooh, <laughs> that'd be dope. That would be. Dope. I feel like that's what uh Mike Myers did for the intros to the Pentaveret. <laughs> they just like cameoed him. How much is it to get a cameo from him? I don't know. Let's look. Go ahead. And find continue. out. Uh, so, <laughs> um, then uh, Superman shows up just the right time. Um, but oh no, everyone's too late. The world ends. Everyone dies. But Flash is there, and Flash is like, ah, oh, fuck. I gotta run faster than I've ever run before. So I can go back in time. Because they actually show him go back in time like a microsecond earlier in the yeah. movie. Um, it's foreshadowed. Foreshadowing. Uh, and he also talks about this rule where he doesn't run faster than the speed of light for a reason. Because uh, everything yeah. gets real weird. 
He yep. finds out because it gets real weird because he goes back in time. Yep. Um, so and he does it's basically that. already set up to where like if you know that like Flash, how Flash figured out that his dad didn't kill his mom, yep. then you know he's already done this before. Yeah. Um. So he uh. He goes back in time to before the thing, and then he touches, because uh, he was supposed to run real fast, get electricity, and uh, touch Cyborg so he could get into the Unity and stop it. So he runs real fast, touches Cyborg, he goes into the Unity, he breaks it up, Superman helps, and then they fucking kill Steppenwolf in this one, and basically like, hey, Darkseid, here's his fucking head, get the fuck out of here. And body. Stay away from Earth, bitch. And then Darkseid like crushes what's left of <laughs> Steppenwolf's head, and uh, the portal clo- the cl- closes the boom tube. Boom tube. And that's basically the end. It made a cool sound every time. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Batman buys the farm. <laughs> He buys the bank. <laughs> he buys the bank. He buys the owns bank. the farm. Old Ma Kent helping her out with the rent. Helping Martha. I feel like that was the beginning of a rent a rap. A rent rap. A rent rap? Yep. Yeah. Uh Jeremy Irons is not on cameo. Oh, that's too bad. Oh, we can get one uh with um Ron Jeremy though for three hundred dollars. I feel like that's is not it worth it. Him sucking his own dick. I don't Isn't know. Isn't he in prison? Ron Jeremy? Yeah. I don't think I thought so. Thought he was in jail. I don't think so. Well, we can get Adam Carolla for $125. Holy nah. shit, that's so much cheaper than Ron Jeremy. What? To give Adam Carolla $15 to not cameo me. <laughs> uh Jeremy Howard for $40. Anyway. <laughs> this um, is my new segment where I just <laughs> list cameos. So yeah, that's basically the plot. Um the other one Darkseid wasn't in it. Oh yeah, there's a second uh nightmare sequence in this one at the end. Yeah. That was in the weird. Epilogue. Yeah. Um that has Joker in it and it's like a different version different reality so then they're setting up their own multiverse in this which is interesting of madness yeah. they can't um, call it that it's multiverse of mischief yeah <laughs> but uh yeah I don't know like <clears throat> it's not perfect right but it is way better than the original the, yeah. the uh, theatrical cut I never watched the theatrical cut. Oh, I'll say it again. This is a whole movie. Yeah, at least. Yeah. So basically, what happened with the theatrical cut is like they they cut it down so that it would be much shorter, and then they uh, tried to turn it into Avengers because they wanted it to be quippy. Yeah, it's like a buddy comedy thing. Yeah, they wanted it to be fun. We're like, this is dark. Yes. Dark as fuck. Very. Do watch it in black and white because there is a black and white version of this. Yeah, Russell and I watched it in black and white. It just added to the like just utter like dismal feel of the whole thing. Yeah, I can which, imagine. Which was actually was. awesome. 
in my opinion. Um, I don't know. I just have a thing for like depressing ass movies and like, but also cape shit. And yeah. so like that was like right up my fucking alley. Right. So this is the second time I've watched the Snyder Cut. Yeah. Uh, the first time I watched it, I don't think the Justice is Gray was out yet. Yeah. <laughs> um. So there being a black and white version, I thought was super interesting and one to watch. So watching the, I did really enjoy the black and white because like the the like color palettes for the action are fucking gnarly and yeah. like they don't necessarily like I don't think they look bad but they are so drastic in tonal change from like the other parts of the movie mm. but like I really enjoyed the black and white like Cyborg didn't look as like shitty as he did in like the the colored version yeah like, I don't enjoy how Cyborg looks but I didn't mind it I watched it in color yeah. Because I'm not a dog. I can see in more than black and white. Mm. <laughs> um, I enjoyed the movie. I thought... Cy- I thought... Uh, Victor. Yeah. Victor was cool. Yeah. Cyborg. Yeah. I mean, my primary... Like, most of my issue with the movie is Cyborg. Really? <laughs> yeah. I But, like, I'm biased because I already don't like Cyborg as a character. And okay. if the like if their reasoning like I like cyborg story makes sense, I just mm. don't like his characterization a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's just got that is I don't know he's got that whole like dad issue thing going on the whole movie. That's Batman's thing. Well, I don't love when like I'm beat over the head with hey Batman's parents died and it's his trauma. Yeah. Like I don't love that either. But... <laughs> Fair. So like I don't I don't know. But it's not it's not like necessarily bad. It's just at parts it's like annoying. But he is like an angsty teen who doesn't have a penis. So like I get where he would be traumatized from still being alive. Yeah. I don't know. It's I think it's just a lot. <laughs> I mean that's fair. Like I I didn't like love him by any means, but I was pleasantly surprised in this movie. Yeah, I the the differences to me, like one of the big differences to me that stands out is like the jokes in the Snyder cut versus the theatrical cut. Like the theatrical cut, the jokes were like bad. Um but they're also like two on the nose and like the opening scene where Batman goes to meet Aquaman in the theatrical cut like is just absolutely fucking atrocious and he like makes like three or four jokes about uh fucking Aquaman being a fish man or whatever yeah and then in this one it's uh. like a super serious uh scene where he's like asking him for help and like there's a few jokes but they're not like yeah they're not like comedy jokes it's like i don't know they're just levity like yeah if if you're having a conversation with someone sometimes you just like make a joke not just like i'm trying to make a whole audience laugh this is just like a thing that i say because i'm uncomfortable or because i i'm witty or whatever yeah 
and it's funny like in the dialogue itself as opposed to being like crafted as a joke to make the audience yeah. laugh. Um Yeah, so I like looked up like a thing in differences and that's like one of the big ones obviously cuz Joss was trying to make it like the MCU projects which have more jokes um but like Snyder was trying to make like a like, more gritty um grim grim dark DC, right? Um, but like there was the Arthur Bruce asking Arthur if he can talk to fish or mentioning his past battles with penguins. Barry doesn't question what brunch is. Cyborg doesn't say booyah. And Arthur doesn't have a lasso of truth speech, which I don't remember the lasso of truth speech. I don't either. I don't, I don't know what that was about. I'm assuming it was bad. Oh, yeah. The Bruce and Diana arc is pretty much gone. There was a Bruce and Diana mar- arc? Yeah. Um, There was, like, way more of, like, a... There's, like, a whole, like, backroom scene where they're, like... She's, like, massaging him and stuff. Oh. Like, stretching him out. I don't remember that either. <laughs> There's like a screenshot of it. Huh. Fucking weird. Yeah, he's got like the under part of the, his suit on and she's like stretching his arm out. She like pours him a drink, I think. They like talk about being a leader and stuff. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, they have a thing in the comics, right? Yeah. Uh in they have a thing in a couple different things because they can't DC can't decide if if they're gonna do him and Diana or him and Talia or Clark and Diana or they just yeah which like you can kind of tell that like Snyder was building toward a Bruce and Diana relationship, but he was like, it's way more subtle, low and subtle build. Yes. Um, I also would have a relationship with Diana Prince. Uh, yeah, Princess Diana Prince. Yeah, Princess Diana Prince. (laughs) Um, (laughs) they never say it like that, but it makes me laugh. It does, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't really get noticed that that's what. It's always Princess Diana or Diana Prince. Diana Prince, yeah. Huh. Neat. Oh, yeah. There's like a... There's like random people in... There's like a family that lives in the the zone that they're making the... That the that Steppenwolf makes the base in the original uh, cut. The oh, theatrical yeah. cut. I don't remember that either. Like, the dad, like, fights off a parademon, and then they, like, try to get away in their truck, and Flash ends up, like, having to push their truck out. It's, like, a whole thing. Huh. Yeah, it's real dumb. Um, I kind of like the Flash in this movie. Yeah, Flash is awesome. It's a shame about Ezra Miller being a piece of shit. Yeah. 
The only um, issue I had is I liked. I don't know if we're talking about issues or whatever. No, go for it. Um, I like when they did like the slow mo of Barry. Yeah, but I thought they overdid it in spot. And sure, yes, like it was a little much in spots. But I like when they first did that. I'm like, oh, this is cool. That's a cool way to do like this. You know how fast he is. Yeah, I liked. I liked uh, the very first time they did it. Um, which that's one of the changes. Like that scene is way different. Um, and it also includes Iris, um, which is new, which wasn't in the original, uh, or in the, cause this is more like the original. It wasn't in the theatrical. Um, but yeah, like when he's like, just kind of like walking around and everything else is slow. Yeah. He, so like, he's not really like running. He's just like kind of walking. Yeah, through everything else slowed down, which makes him insanely fast. I thought that was really neat. Um, yeah, I like how he is like slowly moving her. Yeah, he's also like, being extremely gentle. Yeah, he's like, being he super knows careful that like if he moves stuff too fast, it'll fuck it up. So I don't know. Like, there's a lot of that that's really cool, but then yeah, they do overdo it. So yeah. I did um, like when he's they're trying to get people out. <laughs> he's, yeah, like, he's like running hey, up right here and coming back are you guys coming yeah, Come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see oh yeah they like the theatrical cut next to the black suit he was back in in the red and blue so in this version he's in the black suit which we didn't see because we watched black and white so it would have been black anyway yeah um but uh most of his scenes were reshot with Joss, so he had they had the mustache digitally removed, which was like a huge thing that everybody hated. Yeah, the whole intro thing is different. That's not in there with the reshoot where he's like talking to the kids in like the uh, the cell phone video, because like there's a whole thing about him being dead and like these two kids like witness him help somebody at like a fire or something, and they interview him in like a cell phone video and that was like the one that everybody hated that was like super bad it looked like he had his lip was like two feet thick and shit yeah um that's not in this so if that was why you didn't like this movie then congrats it's not Boom. in here <laughs> um but his part is the henry cavill's part is dramatically different in this version um like Superman meeting Alfred, we talked about that already. Um, it's like the whole thing just very different. Uh, we talked about the iris being added back in. Oh, uh, Volko, I don't think was actually in the theatrical cut. So, uh, um, Willem Dafoe was not in. Yeah. The theatrical Giles is probably jealous of his large and confusing penis. Probably. I was surprised to see him in this. I'm like, whoa, what up? Yeah. Have you not seen Aquaman? I have not. Oh man. Um way more cyborg and Silas. Um, which I know Russell it bothered Russell because he is not a fan of Cyborg, but Yeah. I mean it's stuff that I can like look past for the movie. It just Yeah. Yeah. So like they never really talk about how powerful um uh cyborg is they never the Ryan Choi stuff isn't in there 
Um, Silas is like already dead. Like Silas is dead in uh, BVS, isn't he? When they show the cyborg stuff, I don't know. I, he not dies. In the theatrical cut. Okay, he's not. He's not dead that I know of. Okay, like so he dies very early in this. In the, in the theatrical, in the theatrical cut, cut of yeah. of Justice League, he lasts almost until the end of the movie. In this, yeah, and has like a pretty poignant, like going out point. Yeah, it's way better it's than super important. Yeah, um, he kind of saves the world. So, yeah, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, we just have to find the hottest spot on Earth. Yeah, exactly. Dad made it easy. What a guy. <laughs> Uh, there's like, and you know, since there's more Silas and Cyborg stuff, there's more Star Lab stuff. Um, again, Ryan Choi was completely cut. Um, but he's in this one. Um, Ryan Choi is the Adam. Oh, um, that makes more sense now. Yep. Uh, so. In the Joss Whedon version, Lois mourns Clark, but doesn't leave her job um, like she does in the Snyder Cut. Um, she tells Martha that she only does small puff pieces because that's all she can handle. In Zack's version, though, Lois doesn't work at all and visits the Superman memorial just about every day, bringing coffee to the officers on duty. Um, that was a sweet touch. Played by Donnerverse, Jimmy Olsen, Mark McClure, who is the who is actually still in the Joss version as this cop. He's just in a different scene. Hmm. Uh, Martha gets Martianed. Um, I mean, John Johns is like in this. Yeah, as opposed to not being in it in the, <laughs> yeah. in the theatrical version. Oh, is he not in the theatrical cut at no. all? Oh, no. wow. Um, <laughs> there's also the rated R language, uh, like Batman telling Joker, "I will fucking kill you," uh, or yeah. Cy- Cyborg saying, "Fuck the world." <laughs> yeah, they said swears. <laughs> uh, I love f bombs. They're my favorite. Uh, longer action sequences, uh, more CGI and blood. Um, there's more Batman. There's a lot more Batman stuff. Yeah, and then all the post-credit stuff. Um, they didn't. They took out the race. Uh, let's see. They were starting up the Legion of Doom. Um. Yeah, so the other one was the Flash and Superman race, and they took that out for the Snyder Cut. Oh, they raced? Yeah. See who the fastest man alive was? Yeah. yeah. Just the Flash. Because Superman let him win. No, Flash is actually faster. Yeah. But. I don't remember them racing. I really blacked out the theatrical cut. I was just like, <laughs> again, this I'm, I'm going to show show Russell a screenshot of the thing that he doesn't remember. So they just like stopped in the middle of like this, you know, race for the end of the world. To no, this is this race. is a post credit scene. Oh, well, uh, post credit scene. <clears throat> Probably still a solid cut. I mean, it's fun, but it doesn't belong in that movie. Yeah, like 
the it just doesn't fit the tone, right? Because like everything else is just like a fucking downer. Because you got the Legion of Doom thing, you've got the fucking nightmare thing. Like the best thing that happens at the end of this movie is you meet John Johns again. Like Batman meets John Johns. Yeah, yeah. I really so watching the theatrical cut of uh, Batman Superman. Mm. I liked uh, Affleck as Batman, but yeah. I didn't get a good feel on the on this cut. There's a lot more Batman. Oh yeah, and I really really liked yeah. Affleck as as Bruce Wayne. I thought he's a good yeah. Bruce Wayne. Yeah, he's fantastic. I I'm sad that this is all we get. Uh, well, mostly we're gonna get like five seconds of it later next year or something if that movie ever comes out. Yeah, unless they gotta. Uh, reshoot half of it with Nataro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I really feel like Warner Brothers, like, shot themselves in the foot because if they would have done the ultimate edition of Batman vs. Superman as the theatrical release and just let Snyder release the Snyder cut of Justice League, like, the whole reactions out of the crowd and internet would have been a lot different. Yeah. Yeah. Tig. I always forget Tig's first name. Oh, yeah. Tig Notaro. Now Tig I know what you meant. <laughs> yeah, because in another Zack Snyder movie, Tig Notaro completely replaced a, car- a person, an actor, because they found out they were a piece of shit. Yeah, that person's a piece of shit. Yeah, during the uh, post production. Yeah. So they reshot all the scenes of that person and mm. replaced them. Yeah. So I call it getting Notaroed. I like that. I like that. I feel like a lot of other people probably call that too, but nope. You're the first one I've heard it, so you you copyright. <sighs> copyright. Copyright. Yep. TM TM. Uh but yeah, so like I just I don't know. I just feel like this movie is way better. Um I agree with both of you. Like I I am sort of annoyed sometimes with Cyborg. Uh, I don't like how he looks as far as like the co- like the CG. That uh, does yeah. look weird in spots. It looks kind of funny. Um, and the slow mo stuff with Flash gets to be a little much. And like I liked when it first did. I'm like, oh, that's a really cool way of doing that. And then they would just do it every time. Yeah, it's just, it's just too much. Yeah, yeah. Um, but p- probably my one of my favorite scenes in the whole thing is. One of those scenes where he's like trying to run around Superman and Superman just like his eye turns and looks at him. Yeah. And yeah. he's just like, What? <laughs> oh, oh shit. Oh shit. And that was widely ex- extended, like, because, you know, in the theatrical, he just like basically swings at him and like knocks him down. But like he like swings at him several times in this version. Uh, that whole fight was extended. Basically, everything was extended. Um, this makes me feel like uh, we're not doing comic book movies right. Uh, this movie makes me feel that way. I don't want to <laughs> tell you why. Um, comic book movies should not be movies. They should be long-form miniseries. Because the amount of stuff that is in a comic book series, because, you, you know, you're never 
You're never adapting one book. Yeah. You're always adapting five to 20 books. Yeah. Okay. Um, even if you're not going to do it word for word, image for image, that's fine. Um, but you're like get, trying to get the idea of some of these things across. And like, I, I know I like suck the MCU's dick all day. Yeah. But they also took like 18 movies to get to the end of the infinity saga. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not all of that was just Infinity War stuff, but it was building to it. And it's kind of the same with this. Like, they're not fighting parademons the whole time. Yeah. Like, the first two-thirds of the movie, they're trying to get the team together. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, normally that's a problem when you have a two-hour movie and then the team's only together for 30 minutes and the, you know, the last fight is 25 minutes of that 30 minutes. Yeah. Where, like, this is a four-hour movie or it could be six 45-minute episodes. Yeah. Where that makes sense and it works out. Um, And I know we've talked, we've also talked about how the... Uh, Disney Plus format is not working with its six episode format um, because I think they're also trying to do more than is done in this movie. Yeah, for uh, sure. For the most part. Um, I think they just they need to not stick to a certain format. They need to evolve it to whatever fits the story and I don't think I don't think um, they're ready to do that because of consumerism, right? Yeah. They want to be able to sell the two-hour movie, get people in there, make their billion dollars, get the fuck out. Yeah. They're not trying to serve the story. They're trying to serve the pocketbook. Well, yep. you know, yeah. getting as much of the story in as they can, somebody's trying to get the story in, but they're fighting against everybody that only cares about money. Where, like, this... They did it because everyone wanted it. Like, this was never going to happen. Before the internet, this would have never happened. It would have been the random thing that you read about in Fangoria. And, like, (laughs) you know, like, two years later, and you would have been like, that would have been cool, and never talked about it again. Yeah. You know? And the only reason this happened was because of the internet. And because of, like, people just losing their minds, being like, that movie sucked. If there's a better version of that that exists or can exist, <laughs> please, please fucking give it to us. Yeah. Millions of people asking for that. So they saw dollar signs. They're like, people will fucking subscribe to HBO Max just to see this. Yeah. And um, they did. And I think people did. Um, and they did make money off of it. Um, it never hit theaters because a theater will never put a four hour movie in, in there. Um which I get it. I get that. But like I feel like with streaming eventually I hope we can get to a point where like the story is what matters and we can get stuff like this. Yeah. Of this quality as well because like the there's very little of this where I'm like okay, they had to go back and do that CG for that scene because it wasn't done yet and like they didn't want to spend a ton of money on it. So that's why that looks the way it was. Yeah. There's very few parts of this that look that way. Almost all of it fits together and looks good. It's not, you know, because like a lot of times you'll get a, like a director's cut or, you know, something that's been had the deleted scenes edited back in 
yeah. in deleted scenes, they never do the visuals for those because they they figure out that they're going to get rid of them before they do the visuals. Right. Because yeah. the visuals are expensive. Um, where like this, I don't know if they had already done the visuals or if they just like paid the money and we're like, fuck it. We get, we're going to actually release this. We need to, we need to finish it. Yeah. Um, but there was very few spots where I was like, that doesn't look as good as the rest of it. Yeah. And I know this was added because of it. Right. Right. Unfortunately, one of those was Marsh Manhunter. Yeah. But that's a whole ass completely CGI character that they <laughs> yeah. added, you know, afterwards. So I, I sort of understand it's unfortunate. Um, I love he, Martian Manhunter. Yeah. Marsh Manhunter is dope. It's unfortunate that he didn't look as good as the rest of the movie, but it is what it is. Um, but you see, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I feel like the, it, it's a natural thing. Like comic, the way comic books are written, they are episodic towards a larger arc. Yeah. It so easily fits into and like lends itself to a mini series or ongoing series format. And like the only one that's really done that well, but sometimes not well has been Disney plus. Like I know there's the Arrowverse stuff, but like they just don't have the budget to do it. Do yeah, it right. They don't have the budget and it's like teen drama. Yeah, because it's yeah, CW, right? Shit. Yeah. Like they just they just lay into that that teen drama shit. And, you know, I know I suck uh supernatural's dick, but like if it didn't have all the dumb drama shit in it, it would have been so much better. Like if that ha- if that show had had a budget and like a little better writing, yeah. it would have been <sighs> stupid. Supernatural also feels like a satire of that genre at a lot of times. A though, lot of times it is, is which is satirical it, of it, yeah, which is which is, which is really nice. Away yeah, with that which like that's some of my favorite stuff is the more satirical episodes. But like it's you know it still suffered from like a low budget at times. Um, but like the Arrowverse stuff, all you know that Flash, like that Flash that everybody talks about. Uh, Goose, what's the kid's name? I don't remember what the kid's name oh, is. Oh, God, yeah. The guy that plays Flash in the Arrowverse on the CW show. Oh, um, Gus. Gus, yeah. Um, everybody talks about him replacing uh, Miller. Uh, yeah. Because he's being a piece of shit. Has been yeah. a piece of shit. Now it's becoming more More known. of a problem. More yeah. known. Yeah. I mean, like, he'd done this stuff before. He had done all this shit before, just nobody knew about it. Yeah, and if you watch, like, the interviews and stuff with the Justice League, like... Yeah. Uh, Gail and Affleck are the only professional people in those interviews. Yeah. Like, I like Jason Momoa. Yeah. Liked. But... Like, I don't know. He's, like, the, a kid. The jury is out on... Yeah, he's, like, a big kid. Yeah, he's, like, a big kid. And... I think Ray Fisher is, too. Yeah. Yes, um, and Ezra Miller is immature and yeah, but like, like violent. It, it's, yeah, <laughs> and, it's, and it's very clear in all of the interviews that like you can see if you watch the progression of interviews, you can see Ben Affleck get more and more agitated. Yeah, and Gal just being like, "I don't know what the fuck is happening with these people right now." Yeah, and I mean, she's not old. She's like, she's pretty young too. Yeah, but she like, also has I'm like sure a, she was like twenty or something when she yeah. was in uh, Fast and the Furious. 
Yeah, but she also oh, well. just like naturally has like some sort of regal grace. appeal yeah. to her. And yeah. like poison I, grace. Yeah. I agree. She's great. Yeah. But yeah, so like um so like those those have done it, but I don't think they've done it well. But like I think the Disney Plus it shows have done it pretty well. A lot of the cartoons did it well. And yeah. I don't I don't see why like they don't they don't understand why those worked. You know, why comic books work, why the cartoons worked. Like yeah. I know they can do a lot more in the cartoons because like you basically have an infinite budget, right? I mean, you don't yeah. have an infinite budget, but like it's way easier to do crazy shit in a cartoon than it is to do it in a You got it? Yeah. Okay, cool. Dave Dave won a eBay auction. Yeah, guys. sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fucking A, Dave. Good job. Got a good um, deal. But it was for a movie, so it's pertinent, okay? Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> it was it was They Live on VHS. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, we're all out of bubblegum. That's all out of bubblegum. That's a different one? Wait, is that They Live? Yeah, it's They Live. Okay. Here to kick ass and chew yeah, bubblegum. That's when I was like, wait, yeah. am I an asshole? Did I say the wrong line for the wrong movie? No, you got it. Okay. You got it. Sorry for interrupting. Yeah, but anyway, I I like I, I understand like, you know, the budget problem, right? But like the amount of money that is spent on these things can be spent on shows and I feel like I feel like there's a way to there's gotta be a way to do it. Or there's gotta be like a good middle ground. Yeah. Where like the writing is as good, but maybe you don't do you know, you you segregate the crazy shit yeah. as much as possible. I think I think the middle ground is them understanding how supply and demand works. Because not wanting to put a four hour movie that is going to fill every seat mm. in theaters and because it's going to take up more theater spots, even though you're going to sell out every every showing, and then mm -hmm. you've created a demand for seats, yeah, makes no sense to me. Well, so like I don't know that I don't know that people would go to a four hour movie in a theater. It's like we talked about three hour movies. Like I know we would go, but like I'd probably go. Yeah, but I I mean I don't know if like the people that aren't like super nerds would go the top two grossing movies ever in theaters top three grossing movies let's go top three i'll go back to yeah, the I fucking know. 50s you got fucking gone with the wind titanic and avengers endgame or the top three most grossing movies over the history of cinema what gone <laughs> with the wind if you adjust for inflation so Titanic is like way back. What? I think it's out of the top ten now. Almost. I'm. I'm. Maybe if you adjust, but well, I don't. you also have to include Avatar. But, yeah, because Avatar is so. If you adjust for inflation, like those should be the top four. Are you talking U.S. or global? Uh, I think it's global, and uh, like entire theatrical run so like not just opening weekend yeah i know like yeah. that's I'm... so i think it's global total total gross those would be the top four that's got to be adjusted because like yeah this is what i mean adjusted for inflation okay 
Yeah, it's not your Titanic and Gone with the Wind aren't going to be on there if you don't adjust for inflation. Avatar might not. I mean, even it's be. no Avatar is. If you don't adjust, yeah. Oh, that's stupid. Anyway, it's also been released twice. So all all of those movies are over three hours long. Yeah. Right. So like, and only one of those are a ridiculous comic book movie. They spent so ever many years building. Right. So, like, people will go see these movies. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, like, four hours is different than three hours because we've already said that three hours was gold, right? Yeah. So, but if you don't, like, you got to create the precedence. So, like, and I feel like their opportunity to create the precedence to prove that people would go watch a four hour movie would have been this movie. Okay. What the fuck? These are... Oh, these are just North American. Domestic. <clears throat> so, domestic... Adjusted. We'll go adjusted. Star Wars. Like, 77. Mm-hmm. Number one. Uh, E.T., Titanic, Force Awakens, Empire Strikes Back, Endgame, Return of the Jedi. Hmm. Uh, Jurassic Park, Episode One, Phantom Menace, Lion King, No Way Home. So I think that was like top eleven, maybe top ten, top top eleven. But that's uh domestic. Um, worldwide adjusted for inflation. Gone with the Wind, Avatar, Titanic, Star Wars seventy seven, Endgame, twenty nineteen. Those are the top five. Those are the top five. I was oh. missing Star Wars. So, 238 minutes, 162 minutes, 194 minutes, 121 minutes, and 181 minutes. So, one out of the five is not a three-hour movie. Well, one of them's, uh, it's like, what, 15 minutes shy? I didn't realize that Gone with the Wind was two minutes short of four hours. Yeah. Oh, wow. Gone with the Wind's a long bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Adjusted for inflation, Gone with the Wind made $3.75 billion. Real world, at the time, it was $402 million. That's a lot of money. Yeah, especially when it cost $3.85. <laughs> yeah. God damn. <laughs> That's a lot of money. So, my point is. <laughs> We, it's absolutely ridiculous to me that they would not create more demands for seats by having less showings. Yeah, you're basically creating, creating like a false uh, shortage of seats, right? Yeah. Because the, it's basically a two, two times runtime. Yeah, so you're going to have half the showings. So you're going to have more people go the following weekend and the following weekend that are like waiting to see this movie in theaters. Yeah. You know, because they didn't pre-order tickets or they didn't order tickets soon enough or they're just trying to get the next showing. Mm. Like, so it doesn't make sense to me that they just don't do that. They're like, no, we can't have this many showings. Be and, and like, part of it, I think, is the instant gratification of like, we had the biggest box opening weekend ever, but like, yeah, who gives a fuck if your movie, like, if everyone leaves the theater 
and tells all their friends how bad the movie is and nobody goes and sees it the following weekend. Well, so like, here's the problem. All of it's about money and all of it's about money right now. So like, it doesn't matter if the movie makes 700 million the first weekend because everybody thought the trailer looked good and everybody went to see it. It doesn't matter if it makes another hundred million next weekend because the, you know, the shareholders are already like, ah, fuck yeah, dude, we got another number one. Yeah. You know? And it's just, it's absolutely ridiculous and it, it like hurts the art. Yeah. I mean, we know that, right? Because like, that's one of the big arguments against the, the Marvel movies. Like I under I understand that argument. I don't agree that the Marvel movies are not art. That's the same idea that people have like said about comic books have said about other forms of media that aren't their preferred form of media. You know, it's not art because I don't like it or I think it's mass produced or whatever. Like I agree that it's art. Yeah. It's still fucking art. Like, I mean, it's made within the confines of mass production probably, but like uh, almost everything is, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Uh, And like, if you just give in and you're like, well, I'm just going to make $20 movies and never make any money off of them because I'm an artiste. Good for you, buddy. (laughs) Good for you. But like, I don't know. Like, it's just, I don't, I don't think what we're talking about really is ever going to happen because there's too much greed I mean, like, there's, like, and and you can't make as much money off of a TV show, right? Yeah. Or at least they haven't figured out how yet. Right. So, I w- want it to happen. I want it to be possible. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things that we've talked about on this show and our other shows about different formats for this form of entertainment and you know stuff that's never going to happen like the whole marvel network <laughs> that i've talked about several times recently um fun for the whole family you yeah. know based in the marvel universe or in the dc universe or in the star wars universe whatever yeah but you know there's just not enough time money or anything to do all that yeah this movie <laughs> we went on the, awesome like, yeah. yeah and everyone should watch it i, I think, agree I, yeah i think everybody should watch it uh, like like we said there's there's a couple problems but like it's a totally different format it's it's ridiculously long but like yeah. i think it's worth it it's worthwhile well, one of my things one of my favorite things about it and then uh is actually the pacing um yeah the pacing of a four-hour movie uh would be harder to nail down and like pace well than a two hour movie. Um, you would think. You would think. Uh, but the pacing for this movie is just so fucking incredible. Like, I just, I just love the way this movie is put together. Yeah. It's just like pulling you in for the first like two hours. Yeah. And then we, we paused at like two and a half hours. Yeah. When Superman comes back for two hours and 40 minutes or whatever. Yeah. Cause he's really not in a lot of the movie. No. Um, which is perfect, because like that's how you deal with Superman. Yeah, you have to like figure out how to write him off. Yeah, f- until he can come in ex machina style. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, but 
we paused it at like two hours and 45 minutes as I was like, Hey, we're not going to want to take another pause right. <laughs> from yeah, here on is, out. <laughs> so this like, is our last chance. Let's fucking urinate and move on. <laughs> Cause the we're, we're to the fucking meat. Yeah. And it's just like, the movie is just paced so incredibly well. And like the diet, like I've given Snyder a lot of shit on our podcast about yeah. like his dialogue and his directorial style. And like, this movie is wholly different between the ultimate edition and this and watching these back to back. I just want the studio to leave him the fuck alone and let him make whatever he is trying to make. Yeah. Like that's, that's what I want at this point. I don't like just leave him alone and let him work for the love of God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Are we ready for segments? I, if you're ready, I'm ready. I, I'm ready, man. We've been... I don't know. We've, we've talk, talked about a lot of random shit. Let's get, the, get into some segments. <laughs> been sucking a lot of Snyder dick over here. Yeah. Yep. We're we going under the cow? I can go under the cow. Uh, this is Under the Cowl. Where I'm going to give you a weird villain. Okay. Last time Russell did, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, I did, but I'm glad you're back. Thanks. Uh, I'm going to give you a bat gadget. Okay. And I'm going to talk about a Batman comic I've read. All right. I'm also do a little bonus this week. Oh, shit. I got a bat recommendation. Batmendation? A batmendation. But first... We got a weird villain. Okay. You guys ready for this? Mm-hmm. For Mr. Z? What's well, three Z's? So it's Mr. Zzz. Mr. Zzz. Mr. Zzz. Mr. Zzz. Uh, Mr. Zzz was a small-time gangster in Gotham City with a rare form of narcolepsy, making him <laughs> always appear half asleep. Uh, Zzz has often assisted in crime by fellow gangster Anthony Little Italy uh, Marchetti who often acted as the brains of the operation. The two attended Penguin's opening night of the Iceberg Lounge, where they implanted a transmitter in Zzz's head to feed him cheating information so that he would win at cards. As Bruce Wayne also attended the opening, he took notice, and Batman later confronted Mr. Zzz in his hideout. Batman had Zzz returned the money and skipped town, later stopping Penguin from seeking revenge on the mobsters. Despite this, Mr. Zzz and Little Italy made various other appearances in Gotham's criminal underworld. Hmm. I feel like there's a bee in here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Little Italy and Mr. Zzz attended a coming back party for the powerful crime lord Scarface. Uh, dummy, which was controlled by the mentally ill Arnold the Ventriloquist Wesker, who was killed in a gang war with rival gangster Great White Shark. Uh, as it turned out, Scarface's persona was being used by the new gangster Peyton Riley. So Mr. Z's thing was he was a sleepy boy. Mm. <laughs> He'd be okay. a sleepy boy and then he would like beat you up. Okay. Huh. Definitely weird. Yeah, so that's Mr. Zzz. Got a bat gadget. Oh, yeah? This one might be one of the most popular bat gadgets. Oh, shit. It is the utility belt. Oh, hell yeah. 
Well, that's just one gadget. <laughs> I mean, it houses many gadgets. But, uh, the utility belt is an iconic storage device used to carry most of Batman's gadgets and equipment. Often depicted as part of the Batman family members' costumes, it is used to house various equipment for the heroes to use or access at short notice. The exact contents of the belt are not known, and Batman usually changes them, them to suit his needs. In some stories, his enemies have attempted to steal or replicate the utility belt, believing it will give them advantage over him. The utility belt mainly consists of a strap, buckle, and storage compartments. Various designs and materials have been used in its components, changing depending on the time period. The belt's compartments have been specially locked, with only Batman knowing how to open them. In addition to these, the utility belt has been modified to perform different functions by itself. These are to include communication equipment, controls for the bat suit's functions, and defense mechanisms to prevent tampering. As technology has evolved, the array of devices Batman carries has become more complex over time. In most stories, it will often carry batarangs and either a bat rope or a grapple gun. Uh, the belt has also carried, on uh, different occasions, a gas mask, a rebreather, uh, flash and gas grenades, explosives, and a, a detonator. Locks, restraints, and signaling device for the Batmobile. Electronic surveillance equipment, including video camera and monitor. Forensic kits for gathering and storing criminals' uh, crime scene evidence. A torch, a medical kit, a cache of money, and, in early incarnations, a pistol in the holster. Mm. Batman had a gun. Batman uses guns in this one. He does use guns in this one. He's done fucking around. Uh, so yes, that was my bat gadget, the utility belt. All right. Uh, moving on, I read. Uh, so I haven't finished it yet because it's like a three part. It's super long, but I'm. Uh, I finished the first volume of Nightfall. Okay, Batman Nightfall. Uh, it's really really cool. It starts off the very beginning of the comic. Talks about how Bane was kind of brought to be. Yeah. Like, growing up in a prison as a young boy, mm-hmm. like he was birthed in prison mm-hmm. and had to serve time for his dad, because you can do that, apparently. Yeah. Um, You merely adopted the darkness. I was born in it. Molded by it. <laughs> um, so he grows up in this prison, becomes a mean, hard, scary guy. Mm. Uh, he learns about Batman from one of the prisoners. Mm-hmm. And when he learns about Batman, he wants to destroy Batman. He eventually breaks out. I will break you. Yeah. Uh, he uh, breaks out of the prison, goes to Gotham. Uh, him and his like cronies, he's got like three henchmen with him. Mm. They break out um, all the main big bad guys in Arkham Asylum. Yeah. They break everyone out of Arkham Asylum. Yeah, all at the same time. So the first part of, of Nightfall story is just Batman dealing with all these other... Uh, villains mm-hmm. and you slowly see batman start getting like more and more worn out he's already like sick too yeah and so it's just bane basically throwing this gauntlet at batman mm-hmm. to wear him out eventually batman just is so exhausted uh bane actually learns who batman is mm-hmm. that's bruce wayne spoiler oh my um God. <laughs> and uh he actually goes and breaks batman's back Almost kills him. Mm-hmm. Beats up Alfred also. Yep. Which that pissed me off. Don't touch oh, yeah. Alfred. Yeah, Alfred's off limits. Yeah. 
and um, Bane pretty much is like taking over the city. Yeah. And so the last part of this story, like I said, I think it's three volumes. Yeah. This is the first volume. Uh, Batman is recovering in the manor. Uh, and uh, Gene Paul, mm-hmm. Gene, Gene Paul, Paul Valley, Valley. Uh, known as Azrael, mm-hmm. uh, he takes up the mantle as Batman. Yep, and he's kind of an asshole. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. I haven't got a ton into that. Like I said, like uh, I read that first volume. Mm-hmm. Uh, towards the end of it, it's kind of cool. Is the it's called like uh, the God of Fear. Mm-hmm. As part of Nightfall, it's a a big scarecrow run. Yeah, where Scarecrow is becoming like the god of fear, and he takes over entire Gotham. And Gene uh, uh, Paul is trying to stop, stop him. him. Yeah, but very cool. I got to see a bunch of villains that I haven't really known much about. Yeah, like uh, Ventriloquist was in there. Oh yeah, um, Amgala. I think it's that's how you say it. Mm-hmm. Om, Omnigala. He's like a big buff guy. Yeah. He helps Ventriloquist. Um Cornelius Sturch. Sturk? Cornelius Sturk. I don't know that one. I didn't know much about him. He's a uh cannibal who also has like mind control telepathy fear powers. Oh god. Like he could like that sounds use awful. telepathy and cause you fear. That's gnarly. Yeah. And at one point, Scarecrow and Joker team up and they kidnap the mayor and they make the mayor make a bunch of phone calls and stuff to like take over the town. Nice. Uh, But really cool. I do plan on, I know next week is my last under the cowl. Yeah. But I still uh, plan on reading all of Nightfall because it's that cool. Yeah. So I would give Nightfall Volume One, um, like eight bat signals. Nice. I really enjoyed it. I like, I like. We talked about this before. I like Batman's like Rogues Gallery. Yeah. This is a whole bunch of other stuff. Like, and everyone's in it. Riddler, Joker, Bane. Yeah. And you get to know Bane a little bit more because I know a little bit about Bane. I know that he breaks Batman. Yeah. That's about all I knew. So I learned his origin a little bit more. Right. But yeah. Eight bat signals. Sweet. Glad you're enjoying it. Thank you. And I got one more quick one, a quick bonus. Oh, quick bonus. A bat bat, bat recommendation. Suggestion. Yeah. Uh so I know it's weird that I'm gonna suggest a podcast. Oh yeah. But uh there is a podcast that came out recently called Batman Unburied. Yep. Um it's really, really cool. If you guys have not listened to it, it's really, really cool. I haven't listened to it yet. I highly recommend it. It starts It starts weird without giving anything much away. It starts weird where like Batman or Bruce Wayne is a doctor mm-hmm. and like Thomas Wayne's still alive. Thomas and Martha are alive. Yeah. So I re- uh, and that's like the first couple of episodes. I'm like, this is weird. And then it starts to like click into place what's happening. Yeah. Not that anything's happening. I don't know. Uh, but it's really cool. It's like a cool radio drama. Um, all the voice actors do an incredible job. Mm-hmm. I actually found out because one of my favorite podcast brothers, they're like three guys that do a bunch of podcasts together. Mm-hmm. 
they all make uh, appearances in it. So nice. they were plugging on one of their shows. I was listening to them like, ooh, Batman, okay. And yeah, Batman Unburied. Highly recommend it. Okay. Um, so that's going to do it for Under the Cow? It is for Under the Cow. Uh, so we're swinging down to the corner? Oh, I'd swing to the corner. All right, let's Russell. go to the corner. Fuck, I'm surprised we're not swinging to the corner right now. Well, guess what? We're here. Oh, shit. We did. Welcome to Dave's Trivia Corner. Dave's Trivia Corner. Where the point of this corner is for you to say... Ooh, neat. Damn right. According to Zack Snyder, this version contains no shots filmed by Josh Whedon from the theatrical version of Justice League. <laughs> Good. Yeah, take that, Josh. Why do you have a weird name? <laughs> uh, wow. Take that. Uh, despite directorial credits, Zack Snyder... What? I said disrespectful. That's me. <laughs> uh, despite directorial credits, Zack Snyder uh, has never actually seen the theatrical cut of Justice League 2017. Uh, reportedly, his wife, Deborah Snyder, and his good friend and executive producer, Christopher Nolan, advised him to never see it as it would break his heart. Yep. That sounds right. Um, Victor Stone slash Cyborg was originally described as the heart of the movie by Zack Snyder and Deborah Snyder. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Joss Whedon uh, controversially cut most of it, if not all, of Cyborg's storyline for the theatrical version. Uh, Victor's plot line is restored in this version. Yeah. Uh, confirmed in an interview by Deborah Snyder and Zack Snyder, the Snyder cut only has about five minutes total of new shot added scenes with actors, but there are over 2,000 new visual effects shot in the four-hour film. There you go. Solid. Um, soon after the theatrical release of Justice League 2017, in which many fans and critics alike found the film and an accurate representation yeah, representation. Why was I having so hard to saying that? I don't know. Uh, Zack Snyder's version, uh, the hashtag release the Snyder cut, uh, began to grow in popularity through social media in hopes of promoting a possible director's cut. Over the years since its inception, the release the Snyder cut movement was helped gain traction all the way to Warner Brothers executives and even through raising money for numerous charities associated with suicide prevention and awareness. In May 2020, after a virtual Man of Steel watch party, Snyder officially announced the project with Henry Cavill. Cavill, one of those. Cavill. Um, Zack Snyder's Justice League is deemed the original version of Justice League, expected to reform the bridge of continuity between Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, God damn, Dave, Dawn of Justice, and Aquaman. Uh, cinematic debut of DC Comics villain Darkseid 2021 also marks the 50th anniversary of his first full appearance in the comics in Forever People, February 1971. Hmm. So Darkseid's been around for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Darkseid's one of those where the two guys lived together. I don't think, I don't remember exactly how it went, but it was basically like 
Dark Side and Thanos came out at the same time. Uh, okay. Uh, Swamp Thing and Man Thing came out at the same time. Swamp Thing and Man Thing, I know for a fact that was like two roommates. Oh, they each the came one up. one worked for Marvel and one worked for DC. <laughs> Swamp, That's hilarious. Swamp Thing's better. Yeah. Um, what? Maybe I've seen that movie. It's great. Uh, at DC Fandom 2020, it was confirmed that the Snyder Cut will be a four-part miniseries. But in January 2021, Warner Media confirmed in a press release that it would be released as a feature-length film, not a miniseries. I mean, it's but it kind of is broke up like broke one. up like a six parts. Yeah, it was just initially it was supposed to have like individual episode chapters. Yeah, and then they like axed that for some reason. Just put it all together. Yeah. Kept it all together. Got two more for you. The film dethroned The Dark Knight Rises to be the longest DC film ever made. Mm. The Dark Knight Rises ran for 165 minutes. Uh, Furthermore, it dethroned Avengers Endgame as the longest comic book film ever made. Four hours and two minutes. Yep. A majority of the film was shot almost back to back after the production completed on Superman versus Batman versus Superman. Superman versus Superman. Yep. Uh, Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice. Some additional scenes in the epilogue were filmed in October of 2020. Hmm. But this has been Dave's Trivia Corner. Dave's Trivia Corner! Um, ooh, that's neat. <laughs> this part isn't. Uh, so, yeah, his daughter wasn't sick. She committed suicide. Oh. I I thought we had talked about that before, but I couldn't remember. Yeah, but I I just couldn't remember how she died. So now I feel like an asshole. <clears throat> yeah, that explains a lot of yeah everything turmoil and yeah. dealing with it. Yeah, how it's hard to deal with, and um, you know, like the like you said, the charities, like suicide prevention and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's correction for 20 minutes ago. Yeah. You guys want to rate this movie? Yeah, I'd rate it. Uh, I'm gonna give the Snyder Cut, Justice Gray version, an eight and a half. I think it's really, really good. Uh, I think it's a model for how we should do. Um, comic book movies moving forward um, especially if the story is kind of more kept inside of it you know like there wasn't a ton that was from that was carried over like you had the characters had already been built up um, you had the fact that Superman was dead and that something was coming but that was about it right that wasn't it's not as much as some of the Marvel stuff right yeah Um. so it was mostly self-contained Um. But you know, we we said there were some problems with it. Some uh I had some CG issues, um some problems with like just overdoing a couple of things, which that's gonna happen in a four hour movie. You know, if they cut something, they could have cut a few things here and there. But I don't think it needed like massive cuts for time. I think it's just like if they had chosen a different 
way to do something, it would have been better, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I wasn't in love with, uh, the way, uh, Ray plays cyborg. Yeah. Um, which like I, I, he did well in the direction he was going. I just wasn't a fan of it. Right. So like, I didn't personally enjoy that. So like, that's, that's a big, that's a big negative because like, he's a huge part of this movie and I like yeah. the plot that he's involved in. I just don't. And I like some of the stuff he's saying. I just don't like the way he played it. Um, yeah. and how he looks like this, the, the CG that they used, um, for that character just like bothered me. So like, that's, that's a big negative on the movie and I'm still giving it an eight five. So that's, that's where I'm at. Russell. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm pretty much agree with you. I, I'm also giving it an 8.5. Uh, I think this is, uh, by and far, one of the better comic book genre movies. Because mm. watching this, like, you feel like you are watching a comic book play out. Mm-hmm. Agree. And, like, just the way it's put together, the way, like, some of the shots are fantastical, like, some of the action sequences, like, it just feels so much like a fucking comic book it's yeah. unreal and you know we are big mcu fans and i you know i love the mcu and almost everything they've done in it you know there's a couple movies i actively don't want to watch again right um you know like ant-man and eternals but i you're wrong about ant-man like Eternal I mean, we Ant-Man. can disagree i just don't like ant-man i know but <laughs> like i just this it like all the all the symbolism all of the like psychology of being a superhero like between donna justice and this justice league cut like there's so much depth to both of these movies that it's just fucking insane to me like that they would interrupt what he was in the process of building because like he had something and it wasn't apparent on the theatrical release of Batman vs Superman, and like everyone had their problems with Man of Steel, but like I, I really liked Man of Steel. Um, yeah, people just didn't understand that it was supposed to be Baby Superman. Yeah, that's basically all it was. Yeah, he'd never kill anybody. He would never let that happen. He never let it happen again. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> And so I, I just like, like you had something and you fucked it up, Warner Brothers. Yep. Like, and, and it, it, it hurts on some level because like, I want to love DC too. And I want to yeah. love DC movies. I just like, give me all the comic book shit. You know, we say it all the time. Like, it's not about like, to me, it's about like, who's doing it better, but it doesn't have to be one versus the other. Because they had two opposite corners of the market, and mm-hmm. DC could have capitalized and could have cornered theirs. Yeah, and they're kind of they're kind of trying again, you know, with the Batman and Robert Pattinson, and it's wildly different in tone from any MCU thing. Yeah, um, that's what I want to see, and that's what we need. Like, you can't you can't just let the Marvel and Disney run rapid in theaters. Like, you can't. Like, eventually you're going to start getting things like Eternals. Like, I yeah. mean, we're glad that Doctor Strange worked out as well as it did, but 
that's not a movie for everyone. No. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know? I mean, we've seen that. And people, people have bitched. Yeah. And like our, we talked about love and thunder on the weekly this week yeah. and you know, our, our, is a few of our issues with Ragnarok and stuff. And you, you just like, you need competition to breed better quality products. Mm-hmm. You can, so like, I need, I need Warner brothers to step it up because what the MCU, MCU has done is good. But it could also be better. Yeah. And like we could be getting like ridiculously insane art and beautiful pieces out of yeah. these companies, but they have like Warner Brothers has to step it up. They and they should have let Snyder go. They should have just let him fucking run the ranch. Yeah. Like yeah, I agree. After watching these two movies, like, you know, I I mildly regret some of the things I've said, but like I I don't know. It's just such a good movie. Like I recommend everyone watching it and also being sad about we're, what we're not going to get. Yep. <laughs> like yeah. It hurts. It hurts a lot seeing this after so long. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So two eight and a half, Dave. What do you got? Uh, give it like a two. Okay. Nah, kidding. Uh, I'm gonna give it an eight. <laughs> got Russell. He was gonna cry. Uh, that's I, the allergies though. Up. <laughs> it is the allergies. Uh, I'm gonna give it an eight. I okay. really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. I got to admit, I was not looking forward to watching this. Right? Yeah, because I were... heard so much about it, and I didn't bother watching the theatrical cut. Yeah. Uh, but I was pleasantly surprised. Oh yeah, I thought it was really cool. Um, I mean, I like the Justice League anyway. I'm yeah. I at least know more about DC than I do Marvel. Right. So I guess that makes me more of a DC guy, mm-hmm. sorta. Uh, sure. But I really enjoyed it. I really liked Bat Affleck as Batman. I know we saw him in Batman yeah. vs Superman, but like he got to shine here. I feel yeah, he shined here. Uh. They overdid it with Flash a little bit with the like speed stuff, but nothing like super major. Yeah. But yeah, give it an eight. Okay. Uh, last thought that I meant to include in my review and forgot. One of my favorite things about this movie uh, on a list of a hundred favorite things. Yeah. Uh, is that the, the two of the big action sequences, both times Batman is like, Guys, I got it. I'm okay. And then they all proceed to do everything they can to protect him. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. they know he's just a dude in yep. a suit. Yeah. <laughs> and it cracks me up. And I love it so much. Especially when Diana does it. Because, dude, her, her, I love her as Wonder Woman. Great. Mm-hmm. You know, just bar the Wonder Woman movies over here. But I love her as Wonder Woman. And Those are not her fault. Yeah, they're I'm just not. Just gonna go ahead and put that yeah. out there. None, none of it is her fault. She's she does such an amazing job in that yeah. role. Um, but her just like the uh, the overprotectiveness of like yes, this is my human. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like the part where Barry's like, uh, "So what's your superpower?" I'm rich. I'm rich. Yeah. <laughs> Which I feel like plays better in this than it did in the theatrical cut. Yep. Because it was the least jokey joke in the movie. And yeah. now it's like the most jokey joke in the movie. Yeah. 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 Or like like I'll I'll I said it when we were watching it. I will laugh every time at the same joke with Batman. I don't care how many times 
like the same joke is always funny to me with Batman. Someone's like, "Well, how'd you pull this off?" And he's like, "I mean, I just bought the thing. I just bought it. Yeah, I, I don't, I'll, I'll just. Yeah, I don't care how dry that joke is. Yeah, I'll yeah. laugh <laughs> every fucking time. All it's right, Batman. Well, we got what we have one left. That's a tangential Batman movie. Yeah, that's about the only place we can really fit it in. Yeah, unless we wanted to do a run of. I thought we already did it. Thought we talked about it when it came out, but I think we like talked about it on something like a catch-all show. Oh, okay. But anyway, uh, next week we are continuing our uh, March Batness into June with uh, Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. What year was that? Twenty eighteen, nineteen to twenty twenty. Twenty twenty was it that? No, late? I think it was twenty eighteen. Twenty twenty was the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. Well, we'll get what we fucking deserve. Um, I'm not seeing it yet, so I'm excited. And we'll have a special oh guest joining us. We oh, will. yeah, we'll have a special guest. It's Batman. be announced. All right. Well, uh, thank you for listening. This has been DQP Does, where we talked about Zack Snyder's Justice League from 2021. Um... Thank you for listening. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us, draftdq at gmail.com. You can find us on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everything. Search Drafty Quarters Productions. You can also find us on Patreon uh, with Drafty Quarters Productions. We would appreciate it if you would donate to our general tier of $1 um, so that we can get Dave a pizza party. <gasps> that would be awesome. And like buy stuff so we can make better shows. But mainly but, a pizza party. But mainly a pizza party for Dave. Alright, thanks for listening. You guys have a wonderful day. Everyone, this is Alfred. I work for him. This has been a production of the Drafty Quarters Podcast Network.